On this episode of AV Week, we are coming to you from Orlando, Florida and Infocom 2021. Dave Labuskas and a whole lot more join us to look at, back at this week and the value of Infocom 2021. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 532, recorded Friday, October 29th, 2021. Infocom 2021, part one. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audio, visual, news, and information. My name is Tim Albright, and I am at Infocom 2021 in Orlando, Florida. Holy freaking crap. Um, it's been a long road to get here, uh, and the folks, you guys know if you've listened to AV Week, uh, I guess for more than two years now, because we haven't done this in a minute, um, we were going to go around the horn and get a cavalcade of incredible and very special guests to tell us what they thought and what they got out of this week of Infocom 2021 with me today. Um, first up is Mr. Dave Lubuskis, the reason that we're all here. How are you? No, you're the reason <laughs> we're all here. I'm great. Awesome. Erin um, Rand Mayer. Um, welcome, ma'am. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. She is from Johns Hopkins University. Uh, she's a tech manager uh, and, uh, and a programmer I found out the other day. Yes, I am. So that's one more person that's better at programming than me. <laughs> uh, and Mike Blackman, uh, my buddy from ISC. Welcome, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, so, Mr. Lobuskis, you and I sat down about a month or so ago. Really? I don't, I don't you remember. You remember that? Well, it was apparently... I stole the the set of between two firms. Oh, that, that, episode. That, that episode! Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and I asked you at the end of the day on Saturday after Infocom, um, what success looks like, and if it's not a success, if you should keep your job. Uh, now that you mention it, I remember being asked that. Um, so I'll ask you. The way I remember is though it was Monday. It was, yes. Towards the end of the conversation, I did give you till Monday. Um, so will you have a job on Monday? I think I will have a job on Monday. Okay. Uh, wow. You know, I spent, I spent a week walking around a trade show floor, and that in itself is a statement that is not been able to be made yeah. in a year. Um, but beyond that, uh, there were enormous amount of people here considering the circumstances and putting everything in context. And I haven't spoken to a, an exhibitor that wasn't excited about the depth, uh, the level of conversations they had, um, the level of business that was discussed. It, by all measures of a gathering and convening of the industry, Infocom 2021 was a success. All right. Mike, you and, 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 uh, and Dave have walked similar paths the last couple of years. Um, you notice the gray hairs? Mine's getting <laughs> almost like his. Oh, <laughs> uh, so was mine, but for different reasons. Um, but you, you uh, ISC, uh, did not have their show in February uh, in Barcelona. You had two shows, more regional shows. You look at this this week, and you're here because your clients are also here, right? Uh, and I know from talking to some folks, they made decisions this week to attend ISE, to exhibit at ISE. What does that say to you about the industry and, and our recovery? This, this is an industry that's very resilient, and you see them coming back. Yes, they've been hit hard, and some parts of it more harder than others. 
Uh, and that's tough for anybody in any, any business. You know, what do you do when you had to lay people off? How do you justify going to a trade show and spending a lot of money rather than paying salaries? Um, so what it means for us is being here is showing they recognize the value of trade shows, they recognize the necessity to do face-to-face -face business. Um, and you know, what's been great for us being, great for me being here, is those companies, firstly those ones who've stayed as our partners, uh, who have even more commitment now, yeah. and want to do even more at the show and promote the show. But more so, we've had a lot of companies who have been unsure uh, of where they stand. Um, and now they're coming to us and saying, wow, Infocom was great. We're coming to ISE because we see the value. We want to be there. Aaron, um, I, w I wanted to bring you on uh, with, with both Mike and Dave because I, I have said this consistently um, for probably about three or four months that I felt that this Infocom was going to be the Infocom of the tech manager, of the education space. You were on the board of HETMA, right? Yes, I am. Um, you are an incredible technology manager. What was your takeaway, and do you think that this really was a concentration, a higher concentration of your cohorts? Well, it absolutely was. I mean, this was the show that we needed right now, and um, it we made it a point to have all of us come out in force because not only uh, because it's you know a great opportunity all round, and it happened to be perfect timing for our you know in, uh, cycles yeah. for installations and whatnot. So, you know, we'll have our ideas ready to go before the fiscal year starts. Um, so that was my one one thing about it being in October. It's the perfect timing for higher ed. Yeah. But we really made it a point that we wanted to make sure that, you know, we got here and did all of the things and it's been amazing. Joe Way, who, who uh, helped found HEPMA, is also on the board. He used that phrase, we needed right now. This is the show we needed right now. Why? I, it's, oh, we needed to see each other. Like we've been on Zoom calls and you know, all the webinars and stuff and we, we just needed to see each other in person and network and make those connections and that's invaluable. Like right. we, can, we can see you know, the manufacturers uh, you know, they if we have reps that come to campus and stuff like that, which now luckily you know they're, they're able to do a bit more. Um, but a lot of it was really about the connections, and this year was great. Um, even though there was a condensed show floor, uh, we felt less anxious and overwhelmed, and we were able to actually stop at booths that we probably wouldn't have normally because we'd just be like, I need to get everywhere, I need to get on all the things. And so it gave us an opportunity to really see some really neat things. Yeah. Dave, um, I spent three days on the show floor interviewing vendors. That's kind of what my what I do um, consistently. And I'm not going to say it's, it's all because it wasn't. But a majority of folks consistently said um, this was worth it, right? Um, my day job, and I've said this again, my day job is, is head of marketing for Conference Technology, the integrator. We had a booth this year. I learned a lot <laughs> about exhibiting. <laughs> Put it that way. Uh, I learned a lot about exhibiting. And, I, and I, le I learned some about the ROI of trade shows. And I asked that question consistently. And a majority of the folks that I asked said, I made my ROI back by the end of the first day. Why do you think that is? 
I think that this was a year that wasn't taken for granted hmm. by anybody. Uh, I think we, we all sort of fall into these routines and these calendars and these schedules. And so mid-June, am I going to Vegas or am I going to Orlando this year, but I'm going to go to Infocom. Yeah. That didn't happen this year. This year, somebody sat down and they talked to their manager or to their employees and they talked to their family and they said, I'm really thinking I want to go here and this is why I want to come. And there was an explicit conversation that resulted in those attendees being here. And the same exact thing took place with the exhibitors. So I think you had people here with purpose. You had people here that very consciously made a decision to be here and be here not only for that, right? And I don't mean to dismiss that because I couldn't agree more about face-to-face -face interactivity and interacting with human beings in three dimensions, but to do commerce. Um, nobody was sending their team here to have a party. Yeah. Um, and, and the other piece of it is that it's a numbers game, right? So if there are less exhibitors to see, you can spend more time. Um, and uh, I, I spoke to countless attendees that said that they'd spent time and discovered product and innovation and uh, stands that they would have likely never gone to. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's, I think, why you are hearing that. Mike, one of the things that I, I, I've learned over the years is the, the collaboration that, that your team has with the Avixa team and the Infocom team. What do you think that, that you and your team are going to take away from this uh, experience, right, and, and this show, and, and how the Infocom team kind of managed through this, but also the, the show that they ended up putting on? I mean, firstly, you know, the collaboration and talking doesn't happen just here. It happens the whole year. Yeah. Um, you know, myself and Rochelle, we speak every two weeks, uh, and even in between, but we have a, a jour fix every two weeks, and... Uh, um, we, we exchange you know, what's going on. We've got the same customer base, uh, what we're learning, where the issues are, uh, how they've solved it, how we solve it, uh, what are the good ideas. So we gain a lot. And I can tell you there are exhibitors that we have rescued uh, for the show as a result of that collaboration on both sides. Um, see, Dave? Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, but you know, the other part of it is, is more on the marketing, on how we get the right customers to the show. Uh, and all that experience, you know, we're, we're trade show people. We know how to do a show. We're not experts in the AV industry. We like to think we are, but, uh, you know, Dave, uh, Dave, uh, uh, you know, we're owned by uh, Vixa and Cedia. Mm -hmm. um, but having the, that team who are 20, you know, every day talking to customers, actually creating programs, you know, they, they are bringing all that to us to actually help us attract the right people. Um, you're going to see one of the biggest challenges what we have with ISE is that we've grown as being a channel event. And we've been very, very successful. But our customers, the exhibitors, have come to us and say, we need to speak to the end users, the corporate end users. Yep. Um, and here are the people we want to find. And we go back to the Avixa team and say, okay, help us. What do we need to do to attract someone who's looking for um, uh, smart? Smart uh, office, lo uh, smart work locations. Yeah. 
um, applications, uh, application solutions. What do we do if we want to get people out of the live events industry? They have all the work, all the research, all the figures that we need to go to our customers and our attendees to give them the information that says, yeah, I want to be there. All right, Aaron, before we let you go though, um, Hetma and Avixa just announced a uh, a scholarship, so we want you to tell us about that. Absolutely, uh, we are super excited to have this partnership with Avixa to um, offer up 10 scholarships to um, uh, diverse underserved members who uh, didn't have, don't get the resources to be able to take their CTS and whatnot. So this scholarship is gonna allow them the, you know, they're gonna get a membership that allows them to take all, any of the education to prep for the CTS so we can set them up for success. And then um, HETMA is then going to offer to take them to uh, Infocom. Right, very good. How does somebody find out more or apply for it? We are, applications are going to be starting in December, and, but they can find out more information about that at HETMA.org. Mr. Laskus, thank you, sir. Thank um, you, sir. I, I hope that you're right about having a job on Monday. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the. If right. you're still there, how do they get a hold of you or Avixa? Uh, you can email me at dlabuskus at avixa.org. You can call me. Phone number is 703 277 6748. Uh, and Avixa's at avixa.org. All right, very good. Mr. Blackman, good to see you, sir. Thank you. How do people connect with you or, or register for ISE um, and just click on registration. Um, if you've got partners in the industry, give them a call to get a free code or call me or send me an email, mblackman at iseurope.org or uh, me on Twitter at uh, ISE underscore Mike. Um, find me and I'll get you in free. All right. <laughs> Aaron, how do they connect with you and also Hetma? Uh, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at Aaron Marmoran and uh, also on Twitter, uh, smearing underscore off underscore ice, my roller derby name. Um, Which and, is also what makes her a badass. <laughs> and um, for Hetma, um, hetma.org, H-E-T-M-A.org. Perfect. All right. All right, next up we have a, uh, some really great folks. Uh, Tammy Fugua is next to me. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Awesome. Dan Friese is next to her. Doing great. And Shaz Porter from FSR, welcome sir. Thank you sir, glad to be here. Awesome. I did not mention this beforehand. Josh, go ahead and hit the, the wide shot. Oops. Uh, behind us is Matt Scott, because he's in Canada and he can't be here. And if you go online and look <laughs> for at Matt, Matt D. Scott, uh, he went everywhere this week. So I wanted to mention that real, really quickly. Before we do that, and before we get into what everybody else has garnered from this week, Mr. Parisi has an announcement. I do. Uh, so to the dismay of many, Sound and Communications closed in September. It discontinued publication. And thanks to a lot of love and support from the AV Tweeps community, I'm here. I had an amazing amount of conversations and people who wanted to reach out to me and support me and give me opportunities. Um, so starting next month, I will be the new editor-in-chief of Commercial Integrator. Holy cow, good for you, dude. Congratulations. Congratulations. And I'm looking forward to working with the team and Jason and Ray, and it's going to be fantastic. Good for you. Excellent. And I'm a little pissed because I was one of those people that was trying to hire him. All right. <laughs> uh, um, Tammy, uh, you recently 
I, I switched um, jobs um, right before you came here. You're now working for A10. Uh, you were working for Steve Greenblatt and Control Concepts. And yep. if you're a salesperson and, and need a job, call Steve. For sure. Uh, he'll be on Great next. Team. Um, you're coming here as a manufacturer then suddenly. Yes. What was your takeaway from this week? What was what was the? I'm not going to say ROI because you weren't in, involved in that. But what was your takeaway? Well, it was a little bit of a whirlwind week because I, like you said, started uh, ended one job, started this one. So I mostly just did a lot of intel, okay. being that um, I was not officially uh, going to be coming to, with A10. Now it's I'm here. Uh, I just spent a lot of time walking the floor um, and a lot of time with the Vixo Women's Council. So I just really uh, took in the show as an observer more than anything. Okay. So, so what, what did you observe? Um, well, it's not the show that we're used to, but I still felt like I felt it was even better because it was more intimate. I was able to have a lot of intimate conversations with people. Uh, the aisles weren't clogged up with people, so it just felt very relaxed, okay. which was a nice term because usually it's very chaotic. So. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, Dan, you had probably your easiest Infocom. <laughs> previous or in the future now that you're with Commercial Integrator. <laughs> so what, what what was your week like? Dan and I did a, a Hidden Gems uh, panel uh, earlier today, actually, on Friday, uh, where we looked at some of the, the unique 10 by 10s, the smaller uh, or, or unique applications. So what was your week like and what are you taking away from this year? So it was the first time I've been to Infocom ever, and I've been coming since 2005, every single year, where I didn't have a schedule where I needed to be at a different booth every half hour, every day. I used to bring a four-page printed schedule with me. You and me both. So <laughs> I, was, I was actually able to go to some of the, the council sessions or the, at the uh, diversity council session yesterday. That was fascinating. Um, and just an opportunity to really connect with people on a one-to-one -one level. I agree with you about the intimacy and really kind of relationship building. I feel like I've built out and continue to nurture more relationships than I ever have had before as a result of this. And I think the same goes for the vendors and, and the, uh, the people here. They've had great conversations, whether with their dealer partners, end users, potential clients. I think this is going to be a show where for those who invested and those who chose to be here, they will realize the benefits of having had those 20, 30 minute conversations with people who may work with them for the next 5, 10, 15 years. All right. Chaz, you were one of the people that, that chose to invest and you were in the booth the entire time. So what, what's your takeaway? What, what, what did you see this week? Tim, I, I, let me start with last Thursday when I arrived and came in the back door to an empty cavern of a show yeah. and gasped for air because I thought, oh my goodness, what have I done? Um, but I will tell you, as a manufacturer, we have been busy since the opening of the show Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Okay. And I will also say as a manufacturer that it is. It has been a wrestling match, if you will, as to what our booth was going to be like. At yeah. one point, um, I basically said to everybody, "This is what we're doing." Four displays on the corner, a couple of couches. We're done. Um, I got vetoed, which I'm very. <laughs> Thankfully, happy. you got vetoed. I, I'm very happy that that I was vetoed, and we went old school. Yeah. We set up tables and threw equipment on the table, and it was the best thing we ever did. Wow. We've had probably more engagement. I, you know, obviously the numbers are down, we all know that, yeah. but the engagement that we had with customers was so much higher um, because of some of the, the comments you made yeah. mm -hmm. that people had the time to spend with you. Mm -hmm. And we had a Fortune 500 customer come walking by and kind of did the look, 
and saw what we have and we're putting a quote together for Monday morning, which will probably pay for the show. So it, it was, you know, big thumbs up from FSR on the show. All right. Tammy, when you when we look at this, right, and, and we, we look at this, oh, this this has certainly been worth it, right? We got more time as the show and as the as the industry, as community, as the world gets back to normal, there is going to be a tendency to pull towards that, you know, oh, we're gonna we're gonna shoot for a bigger show, we're gonna shoot for more people. Great, awesome, groovy. But we only all, 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 we all only have so much time. So how do we keep that intimacy moving forward? I think just let it happen organically as far as um, there are still going to be people that are going to feel uncomfortable coming to a live show with a lot of people. Um, I think they did a good job this time of making it both virtual and um, in person. And I think that that does still keep that intimacy because, you know, some people are at home, some people are here. Um, and, but you're right. Eventually, it's going to grow back to its, you know, its original big, big um, the way it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, you, I don't. If it's bigger, it just it doesn't mean it's better. But it, you know, everybody wants to be in the game. Yeah. So how, it's a good question on how would you keep that intimacy and um, still draw people and still have these amazing conversations. Yeah. Um, without making it feel like you're being overwhelmed and have to be on every side of the floor at, at once? That's a very good question. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that all, any of us have the answer, to just, yeah. to, just to be frank. You know, it was just something that popped in my head because as we're having this conversation, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get that, right? Well, we've had longer conversations this week. How do we keep that, right? And I, I don't know the answer to it, right? Mm -hmm. um, Dan, when you look ahead, um, we just had Mike Blackman on. I'm going to ISE. There's a very good chance that you're going to ISE. What are we going to go in there with when it comes to it's the first time that ISE will be sort of back, right, in any sort of normal sense? And I don't think it'll be normal 100%, right? I don't think they'll hit the, the 50, 60, 80,000 that they were hitting a couple of years ago. That will take a minute. But when we go into that space and we, we look at, at the audience here that primarily is in the U.S., what are we going in there to, to, to see and, and to get out? I think what we're going in there to do is to reaffirm our commitment to gathering as an industry, communing as an industry, networking as an industry, sharing our insights and our wisdom. Um, I, obviously, as everyone has said, this show has been smaller, there have been fewer people here, but the people who are here are just tremendously enthusiastic. I mean, I've been hug-tackled and I've hug-tackled <laughs> other people as well. Um, and I just, think just for the record, he asked first, he did not <laughs> assault anyone. <laughs> Um, so I think when we go to ISC, hopefully by then, you know, more people will have been vaxxed and boosted and the variants will be in decline. And we will see, you know, the auspicious signs that Mike Blackman told me about, about the numbers being maybe not as big as they once were, but stronger. People love going to Barcelona. I think that's going to be a magnet. And I think people are going to be ready. I think if not for Delta and Sigma and Mu and all these kind of things, this show would have been that, where everyone mm -hmm. was just dying to get back out to an in-person environment and to get hands-on technology and get in-person demonstrations. And I think the variants kind of put a blanket on that, but I'm hoping maybe in Barcelona in 2022, and then certainly next year in Vegas in 2022 for Infocom, we're gonna be back to close to full strength and certainly back to full enthusiasm, if not, heightened enthusiasm compared to where we were. I think you're reading my notes because my next question for Chaz is about 22. What do you take away from this experience for this year and apply it to your next Infocom? 
It is a hour-long conversation that we had within our booth yesterday evening. Um, it, it's, it's interesting. We felt that this was coming, this downscaling. Yeah. And uh, as you know, you and I have been doing this a long time. We used to go with a 50-50 booth yep. and a lot of fancy displays. I think what you'll see from us next year is less display work and more product. Okay. Um, I, I was shocked by the number of people who just walked right up and started asking questions about product and how engaged they were. And I mentioned that earlier, but the product focus was more so than I've ever seen before. Do you think that that's, and, and you think that is because of your specific product line? And, and I, the reason I ask that is because FSR is very heavy in the construction industry. You guys, yeah. you've got, you know, uh, uh, plates for the, for the floor, for the wall, right? This, you think that's because of that tactileness? You know what? I, I'll tell a story outside of the show. When I travel with our sales reps, one of the first things I do is I check the trunk of their car. If they don't have a bunch of product in the trunk of your car, you're not going to be working with us very long. Yeah. I feel our industry is old school. We want to touch, we want to feel, and this whole COVID thing has affected that side of our business very drastically. Yeah. And I saw it you know, firsthand the last few days and it, it just struck a chord with me and that's, that's how we're going to push forward. You know, it, it's, we're still going to be stuck with Zoom and Teams meetings for a while, but we're going to work as hard as we can to get product in front of our customers. All right, very good. Tammy Fuqua, uh, now from A10. Uh, how do people connect with you? I'd give you my A10 email address, but I don't know it yet. Um, but uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn and a very original uh, Twitter handle, which is Tammy Fuquay three. Don't forget the three. Um, and that's, Are there three Tammy Fuquays? I think I, I tried. The we yeah, last time we tried looking for that, but right. yeah, there I, I couldn't find any other Tammy Fuquays. But right. very good, Mr. Farisi. Uh, how do people find you and or commercial integrator, sir? So they can find me on Twitter at Dan Farisi Edit. I would say that I'm, I'm there. I may be unavoidable there. I've been trying to double and triple up my social media presence. Uh, and on commercialintegrator.com starting mid-month next month. Congratulations again, Thank sir. Thank you. Very happy for you. Chaz, buddy, how, how do people connect with you or FSR? They put a very complicated email address. I'm chaz at fsrinc.com, or you can reach me at LinkedIn. And uh, looking forward to hearing from everybody in there feedback from the show. Perfect. Cool. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, wrap up the part one of part two. First and foremost, uh, Alicia Henley from uh, um, Audinate Now. Yes. Welcome. Thank you, Tim. Thanks oh, for having me. Absolutely. Harry Mead uh, from Serif. Hi, Tim. <laughs> and last but not least, my buddy, Mr. Steve Greenblatt from Control Concepts. How are you? I am well, sir. Uh, so before we get started, Alicia wants to have a dance party. <laughs> so if you're watching the video, we're going to do it. What are we doing? It's this move right here, Tim. It's this one right here. And we All got right, this on go. camera. There this is perfect. Right. This is perfect. This is perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna. This is gonna be a weird kind of um, journey here. Where this is the end of part one. Alicia, you've worked for manufacturers for a couple of years now, right? You come from the tech managers segment. Right. I want you to take your 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 manufacturer's hat off and look at this show from a tech manager, from a in-house integrator, from that perspective. What was this show like for them? Oh, it was amazing because okay. you could actually get to the people you needed to get to. If you're an end user and you were here at this show, 
it's probably one of the most valuable events that you've had in a long time just because people had time, companies had meeting rooms, like you had to go into it with a purpose. Um, and again, there was that time and opportunity to get directly to the source and get the answers to the questions and problems that you have. So I thought it was great right, on both sides. All right. Harry, what are you taking away from this week? Um, I take away that uh, the small booths were where the action was at. Define, hang on, define small booths for me. Because hang on, hang on. Because, and this is, this is, this goes back to, I mentioned earlier that, that Dan Farisi and I and also Cindy Davis uh, did the hidden gems. Traditionally, the hidden gems segment would be the 10 by 10s. There were some I purposely didn't go to because like Sennheiser had a 10 by 10, right? Yep. Some bigger companies that had bigger booths six months ago went to 10 by 10. So define that for me. Uh, not the big guys that In a smaller booth. Okay, there you go. Uh, I was talking about, uh, there's a couple of them that I really liked. Uh, AV Pro Edge, I believe it was, uh, does a real does a really nice setup with their uh, with their boxes. They're an up and coming business, um, and they have product and they have like a four day back order, not a four month back order, on things. We found the ability to actually talk to people. Again, same yeah. thing that you were saying. The the ability to actually talk to people and spend some time in the booth, really getting some nitty gritty on things as opposed to scan. Thank you. Scan, thank you. Scan, thank you. <laughs> As what it really is. Um, this show normally is a three-day hauling butt going the aisles, yeah. just really hauling, trying to get everything done. This show, to, this today was a little over a day, probably by the time it was all said and done. We were really hauling yesterday and we got pretty much everything done. I went and, and did a little bit of mop up today. Yeah. <laughs> but just the extra time that you were able to spend in booze, I talked to one manufacturer who said their average was about 30 minutes wow. in a booth. You're able to actually talk to the people that you need to talk to in order to find out exactly what's going on. Uh, the ones that had gear were stood out over some of the ones that were more of a gear desert, uh, which some of, the, some of the bigger ones were more gear desert than, yeah. than gear. And for me, I come here because I'm looking to see what I'm going to be specifying in the coming year, what I'm going to be building with, and who I can actually partner with in order to get things done. And gear deserts don't do much for me. Right. Steve, uh, Control Concepts does a lot of programming work. Um, we mentioned, uh, we talked with our, our friends over at Atlas IED, who is a sponsor of Aviation. You guys are working with them uh, on, on Atmosphere, so you, you're working with, you know, with, with, with a number of people. So when you come here, you're looking for manufacturer connections. Why was this show, or was this show, worth it to you? And if so, why? And if not, why not? So we do treat the show a little bit differently than others in that the clients that we're trying to attract are the ones that are exhibiting, yeah. and it's kind of different. But uh, what was helpful today, and, and it, was, it was actually very interesting even walking down the aisles, is that you get people to stop you because they want to say hi and that they've seen you doing something, whether it's being on a podcast, whether it's something that you've written, whether you're active on social media, and all that stuff really matters. And this was the validation for it. So you got to hear 
people actually say thank you for what you've been doing and also, hey, I want to learn more. So there was a lot of people that had interesting conversations about what can I do to help my product be more attractive and that's one of the things that we help manufacturers do is we help them make their products easier to work with with software and control platforms. Yeah. Alicia, you do a lot of work on social media. You do some for, for other folks as well. When you look at a show like this, like what, what was your game plan coming in here and did it come off flawlessly or were there just like everything else you adjustments? Know what I always do, I stalk people online then I meet them in person. I'm just kidding, I don't stalk them but I always make a list of people I want to contact, whether that's companies, people, individuals, podcast hosts, you know, I make a variety of lists of people I want to contact. This list, each kind of category had 10 people. Okay. And most of the time those people were coming up to me and we were automatically getting connected. So that was great. I always have a strategy from a social perspective. And honestly, if you're not on social when you come to this show, how, where do you start? It's kind of hard to navigate conversations, meet people like Steve and Harry and all of us, right? Yeah, starting on social and not being at, you know, accustomed to Infocom, that's a just, it's a great segue into meeting people, especially if this was your first Infocom. I, I met a lot of people and this was their first Infocom. Yeah, I did too. And I was like, wow, I'm not a newbie anymore. <laughs> well, it was interesting is, is uh, in that conversation, I found myself inherently going, this is not normal. Right, it right. is smaller, right. it's a good one to start with, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's a good first step. Definitely a great first step. Yeah, we all knew it wasn't gonna be what we're used to, thousands, thousands of foot traffic. Yeah. But this was the show to kind of do your first dib in because it was easier to find mm -hmm. people like us on the show floor and get very well connected. And even the companies, right? The companies yeah. that were here and showcasing their presence, that was important because that's why people came. Yeah, absolutely. Here, I was just saying, we, we actually brought a brand new salesperson to this show because it was smaller. Yeah to be able to give him a better idea of what all needs to, what all we're looking at and how we qualify different companies and things like that. So this show was perfect for that. Yeah, it wasn't an overhaul of just a ton of information or just meet this person, meet this person. It was you a drink from the garden hose, not, not the, the fire hose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> I've got two or three good lines in this, in, in this level. All right. Um, Steve, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of end with you on this. You, you taught two classes this week. Um, Three, I'm sorry, three classes this week. That's right, you had, okay, yeah. Um, what is the value to you personally, professionally, to control concepts, but also to the industry for you to volunteer your time, because you don't get paid for it, right? Volunteer your time to teach classes, and what's the value for a VIXA even having classes? So in short, being a subject matter expert is, I mean, incredibly valuable, especially yeah. when you're trying to attract a following and you're trying to build a, an organization that only not only helps you have clients but also partners and also people that want to come work for you so all of those things help you to spread your outreach um, but it's also about giving back it's it's about saying that there's a point in your career where you have to say I've uh, taken a lot and other people have helped me get to where I am and now I want to help others do the same so uh, and, and also the, there's something that's helpful in being able to share information that may be rattling around in your head and you just want to get out to people and, and really get them to understand better because it's going to help everybody do their jobs better. Yeah. I mean, and Kelly Perkins and I did the first day one on uh, recruiting and retention and mentorship and I can't tell you how important that is right now to everybody. And, and we had no idea, honestly, 
how much that this was going to be timely at this at this event because yeah. we, we actually submitted this for last Infocom and it then got uh, re repurposed for this Infocom but it's uh, in incredibly valuable right now. Yeah, absolutely. Harry, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't let you at least have some sort of say when it comes to the swag and or the candy because our good friend Gina Sansevero, which will be on part two of this, started the Infocom trick-or-treat candy hunt. I don't even know what the hashtag candy is. Trail. Candy trail. Uh, about a week or so ago, um, because Fridays are traditionally less attended at any show, really. Uh, and so a number of manufacturers, a number of booths had candy today for you to go and trick-or-treat. So take either or both and tell me how it was. Uh, the candy was all right. Uh, <laughs> some booths were a little less in the spirit than others. Uh, but I got a pretty good, uh, pretty decent haul of candy that I'll be giving out on Sunday. Because right. <laughs> I'm not eating it anymore. Um, swag. Generally where there was swag, it was good. Okay. There were useful things. A um, lot of things that we did found this year were uh, charging pads. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a few, a few uh, wireless charging pads for phones, uh, toolkits. That sort of thing. Uh, and it really all, it was all useful stuff. I mean, there was a few t-shirts, no. um, but otherwise it, the swag that was there was actually really good and quality swag as opposed to, here's a pen. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you end up getting the Pexip uh, pajama pants? No, I did not. Oh. They were gone by the time oh, I okay. got around to all there. Right. Uh, the second day, it looked like they had slippers, and I'm just like, okay, this is getting too weird. I'm out. <laughs> My understanding from our buddy Joel Bellheimer, who works for Pexip, the slippers were there all the time. You had to ask for the, the pajama pants, apparently. You had to know, you had to be in the know for the, for the pajamas. We had stopped by there, because we all know Joel as yeah. well, we had stopped by there after hours yesterday. Mm -hmm. and They were out. Yeah, they had nothing. All right, very good. Alicia Henley, good to see you, ma'am. How do people connect with you and or Audinate? Yeah, for Audinate, go to Audinate.com or you can email me, it's Alicia.Henley at Audinate.com. And of course, on all the socials, at The Smooth Factor and TheSmoothFactor.com. Right, rise and grind. That's right. Harry? Uh, Twitter is at AV Grump. There's a reason for that. <laughs> Follow me and find out. <laughs> and uh, my company website is Serif, A-V, S-E-R-A-P-H-A-V.com. And... Uh, Happy to have you come by. All right, very good. Mr. Greenblatt, how do people connect with you, control concepts, or how do they listen to one of your 10,000 podcasts yeah, that you do? Not goals. Goals, yeah. So, uh, uh, to me, reach me personally at Steve Greenblatt on social and LinkedIn and Twitter, where I hang out probably the most, and uh, the company Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net and at avnation.tv for a state of control. And I have to say a shout out to my partner, Rich Fragosa, who I'm, we'd love to have seen this oh week, gosh, but yes. we'll, uh, we'll connect with him soon. And I just wanted to say one closing thing is that it's just so great to be a part of this. And this is really what, you know, this industry just has embraced us and for us to embrace it back, I yeah. think is a big thing. You forgot the other podcast. And I have another one called Ask the Programmer so right. with uh, James King. All right. And where do we see that? It's uh, at uh, YouTube as well as uh, any uh, podcast player. All right. Very good. Thank you, sir. Uh, for us, for Aviation, or for me, don't go by the website. Or don't, don't, don't follow me on Twitter. It's been a long week, folks. Okay. Don't follow me on Twitter, but go by the website. If you would, please, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. You'll find this program 
Steve's program with data control and a whole lot more. Also check out our sponsors, these are help us, folks who help us come to, uh, to Infocom uh, and others. And uh, shout out to, to my day job, uh, CTI Conference Technologies, because Josh, go ahead and go to the wide shot here. They made this, this broadcast desk right here, like from scratch, like wood. It's freaking awesome. All right, uh, so go, you can check them out at uh, actually at CTI.com. So, uh, but go by the website, avianation.tv, that's avianation.tv. Next week, uh, you will get part two of this because when I would have recorded the, the, the next week's AV Week, Mr. Chris Netto and I will be hosting the AV Awards, at least the, the live stream broadcast on that on November 5th. You can check that out um, actually at Midwich, at Avianation, and on uh, AV Interactive, which is AV Magazine's uh, website. So check that out as well. So all that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. Thank <laughs> you.